Good morning. How are you guys? Good, 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 good. Awesome stuff. Thank you, worship team. Man, don't you love this team? They amazing. Ah, thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys bless me so much. Well, if you're just joining us, first of all, I want to just echo in with what Pastor Daniel said and just say, man, it's just an honor to, to have you here with us if you are joining uh, as a guest today. But we've been on a series that I've enjoyed. Have you guys enjoyed the series? I've enjoyed pre uh, prepping it, teaching it. But we've been talking about building your life on values that last. And today we're going to talk about the endangered character quality that you don't see that often in society, and that is respect. Now, let me start just by asking, how many of you would say that people are becoming more and more rude every year? Yeah? Like common courtesy is not so common. And it seems like people are um, disrespectful um, for, against property, institutions. It's like everything is at an all-time low. For example, and, and maybe you've thought about this, that people right now, they're, they're just seeing a, a lack of respect in, in all fields, in the institutions of, let's say, government, um, education, uh, law enforcement, big business, and this is also true of religious institutions. As a matter of fact, it's almost like the humor of today is sarcasm, right? Put down humor. And every year, I'm sorry, every day, uh, America, they tune into Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Fallon where they target those who are in authority and leadership. But the Bible makes it clear that respect is one of the character qualities that we are to build our life on. In fact, it's the very framework for a civilized society. If there's no respect among people for rights, for responsibilities, and for each other, then civilization decays. This is what the scripture says. 1 Peter 2, 17, show proper respect to everyone. Now, underline that in your Bible, everyone. God says that we are to show proper respect to everyone. We're to show it to those who are in authority, like the government, like law enforcement and the military. We're to show Respect to our church leaders, regardless of whether they wear skinny jeans or not. <laughs> We're to show respect to our, our parents and our elders. It's a good place to say amen, parents, right? Everyone is worthy of respect. And here's something that I want you to catch. Everyone is worthy of respect. Respect, And here's why. Because respect is one of the basic needs in life. And what I mean by that is we all want to be respected. We all want to be treated with dignity. But how do we get people to respect us? Do we just demand it of them? No. 
The way that we get others to show us respect is by showing respect to others first. Now, don't everyone amen me at once. <laughs> See, the reality is, this is difficult for a lot of people because we want people to show us respect before we first give it. But what I want you to see this morning is that God wants us to show respect to others regardless of whether they show us respect in return. Why? Four reasons. Number one is because God made everybody. The scripture says, yet you, God, you made them, man, inferior only to yourself. You crowned him with glory, and honor. Everyone is created by God, and God doesn't create junk. There are no worthless people. There are people who do worthless things, but even they are valuable to God. Even the most unlovable person is loved by God. The second reason is because Jesus died for everyone. The scripture says, God paid a ransom to save you. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. You see, you may not think much of someone, but guess what? God does. In fact, God says that they're worth dying for. The cross shows us how much people matter to God, even to the person who doesn't even believe in God or who has rejected God, they are still people of value because God made them and because Christ died for them. And then the, se the third reason that we should respect everyone is because, watch this, respect shows that you know God. The Bible says that if uh, we love God, the Bible says that God is love. And if we're filled with him, we're going to be filled with his love. Here's what the scripture says in 1 John 4, 8. If a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. And if you look at the life of Jesus, even Jesus treated his enemies with respect. To those who wanted to kill him, he wasn't rude to them. He wasn't condescending, he wasn't demeaning, but he treated them with respect. Church, love always treats people with respect. And when we're filled with Jesus' love, then that means that we need to be showing that respect in the same way that Jesus did. First Peter, I'm sorry, First um, Corinthians says, love is not rude. Now what is rudeness. Well, it's simply disrespect. If I'm rude to you, that means that I'm not, I don't care about you. It means that you don't matter to me, that you're not valuable in my eyes. And when I'm rude, I'm basically saying, I'm the only thing that matters. You don't matter. I do. And the type of life that we're talking about here, this is contrary to everything that we see in the scripture, and it's contrary to who Jesus is. And if you live like that, it just goes to show that you don't know God. And then there's the fourth reason that we should show respect to others, and that's because you get back 
whatever you give out. Yeah, we've talked about this before. This right here is what we refer to as the law of the harvest. That what you give, you receive. In other words, if you want to be respected, then you treat others with respect. If you want to be treated with value and with dignity, then you've got to treat others with value and dignity. Galatians 6, 7 says, a man's harvest in life will determine on a, determined based upon what he sows. Now, let me just give you a little bit of an insight into the, the law of the harvest. See, the law of the harvest, it is for a season. Like a farmer doesn't just go out one day, plant a seed, and then wake up to a harvest. No, it takes time. You've got to allow for that seed to, to germinate and determine, or in, in, depending upon what type of seed it is, determines how much Time is required. For example, if you start showing respect and dignity to people like today, don't expect people to respond to it immediately. Right? It takes time, especially if you've been uh, consistently disrespectful. But um, I can promise you that just even a little respect can start to make a difference. Over time, you will reap what you sow. Church, write this down. The most respected people are the most respectful people. I'm talking about those who both show it and receive it in life. Now, those are four real quick uh, biblical reasons why we should show respect to everyone. But what's that look like? Well, I want to give you four practical ways to show respect. And I encourage you to write these down. And the first one is this. You ready? When you speak to people, be tactful, not just truthful. Because the primary way that we show respect to others is with our words. Proverbs 15 and verse 4 says, um, Kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. Now, so what's, he, what's he talking about here? He's talking about being tactful. I think that there's a lot of people that think that just as long as you're truthful, that tact doesn't really matter. But that couldn't be any further from the truth. It's not just what you say, but it's also how you say it. Because how you say something determines on how well it's going to be received by others. Now, if you're just interested in, in being right, and you don't really care about what others think, first of all, you're going to live a miserable life. I've heard people say things like, well, I just say it the, the, the way that it is. And what they're really saying here is they're saying, I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about your, your thoughts. I don't care if it demeans you or it demoralizes you. I just care about being right and spouting my opinion. See, we have a lot of people, I think that they think they're practicing uh, candor, but in reality, they're just being disrespectful. Being frank doesn't mean being rude to people. Now, let me just give you a few definitions of uh, being tact tactful here that this might give you a little bit of better understanding of it, and you might want to write these down. Tact is when you 
think something, but don't say it. Tact is the ability to make a point without making an enemy. Tact is treating everyone as if they knew what they were talking about. (laughs) Tact is when someone tells you to go jump off a cliff in a way that makes you to look forward to the journey. (laughs) I like that one. Tact is changing the subject without changing your mind. Or how about this one? Tact is speaking the truth in love. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to speak truth and love. I want to give you a few thoughts for you to consider before you speak. Like, why am I about to say this? Am I saying this in order to destroy this person or to develop them? Am I saying this to, to build this person up or to tear them down? Am I just trying to make a a point that I'm trying to get credit for? Or am I trying to find common ground? Am I looking to protect people's dignity or to punish them? God says that we're to be truthful, but do it in love. Be tactful. Now, the second thing that we need to do is when you're served by other people, Be understanding and not demanding. That's, I think, one of the greatest tests of our character is how we treat those whom serve us. I think it's interesting that Jesus said that the greatest of the kingdom of heaven is to be what? The servant of all, right? In other words, if you want to be great, then serve. Jesus said this in Luke 6. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is what we call what the, the golden rule. And Jesus modeled this very thing for us by taking on the form of a servant. However, in today's society, we prefer to be served rather than to serve. And in so doing, we miss a big blessing. Now, that doesn't mean that it's uh, wrong in every circumstance or situation Um, for us to be served. As a matter of fact, I've got several people every single week that that serve me. But watch this. We're never to be rude or disrespectful. Now, if uh, any of you know me, um, I love food. Any fans of food? Just saying that if you want to take your pastor out, just throwing it out there, right? And I love to go out and to eat with people. I do. But every once in a while, I get invited to go to dinner with someone, and that person is rude to the server. You know the kind of people, I hope it's not you that I'm talking about, right? But whenever that happens, usually what I do, honestly, I'll I'll leave a big tip for them. And then I will go and I'll say something kind to them. And the next thing that I do is I never go out to eat with that person again. Why? Because there's never a justification for being rude. Are you with me? Matter of fact, let me just throw a little practical point that I I learned from a mentor years ago. If you are given bad service, still go ahead and and tip them. 
because that's going to really give some credence to what you have to say to them. Go to the manager and let them know. Be kind about it and say, hey, I was given bad service today, right? Now, I want you to write this down. You ready? Rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. Years ago, before I moved to Jacksonville, I had a pastor who had invited me to lunch. I was a youth pastor at the time, and this pastor said something that was very rude to the waitress. The waitress was trying to memorize our order, and the pastor said to her, your memory doesn't impress me, but what will impress me is getting my order right. Like, I wanted to climb under the table, right, when I heard that. And this was a well-known pastor. And guys, I got to tell you, I honestly, I don't even remember what we talked about that day. But I do remember seeing the headlines not long, maybe within a year later, that says, Pastor Caught in Sex Scandal. You see, rude people often have a secret that they don't want you to know about. And so they keep people at a, a distance by being rude and disrespectful. And often those rude people, they have been wounded in their past life. And so they think that they're just protecting themselves by wounding others before they can be wounded themselves. However, it takes a person of character maturity, and great strength to show Christ-like kindness and respect. And then there's the third way that we can show respect. When you disagree with people, be gentle, not judgmental. Now, as a believer, there are a lot of things in society that I disagree with it. I mean, there's a lot of things that I strongly disagree with. But how are we supposed to react to people that we disagree with? Well, there are two things that I want you to remember. Number one, I remember that ultimately every individual will be held accountable to God for their own attitudes, actions, and behaviors. I'm going to have to give account to God, and so are you. And the second thing that I have to remember is I'm not God. That means people aren't accountable to you, but to God. It's not my job, and it's not your job to personally clean up everyone's lifestyle. My job and your job is to point people to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the transforming. Listen to what Romans 14, 12 says. Each of us will have to give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on each other. Remember at the beginning of this series, I said telling the truth is not being judgmental. So I want you to understand that just saying tr the truth to someone, that does not mean that you're being judgmental. For example, let's say my neighbor's kid wanders off into the road and a car comes. So I could do one of two things, right? I could just say, well, who am I to tell my neighbor that their kid shouldn't play in the road? 
or I can rescue that child and get them off the road before it's too late, right? Or here's another example. Let's say you see someone who's pregnant and they're doing drugs. Telling that person that what they're doing is going to harm their baby isn't being judgmental. It's telling the truth. Hello. Just like if you tell people that they're disobeying God's moral laws and that it's going to cause all kinds of consequences in their life. That's not being judgmental. It's telling the truth. Now, what is being judgmental is whenever you take the truth and you beat it over people's head and you enjoy it because it makes you feel like you're morally superior. No. What we're to do is to tell the truth to help them, not to hurt them. Church, don't be so dogmatic about theology that you lose sight of what Jesus has called us to do. Remember, the Bible doesn't say that the greatest of these is being doctrinally correct. Right? The Bible says the greatest of these is love. Now, I'm not saying that doctrine or theology doesn't matter. God forbid, okay? All I'm saying is, is that we're to exercise truth in love. Truth without love makes you a Pharisee. Love without truth makes you a hippie. <laughs> I used to be a hippie. <laughs> but truth in love makes you like Jesus. And then lastly, the fourth way that we can show respect to others around us is we remember that whenever people are rude to us, we respond politely. In other words, don't retaliate by being rude back. That only adds fuel to the fire. It only makes things worse. And the Bible says, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I know this isn't easy to do, especially once someone has been rude to you, right? Our natural inclination is for us to give a, a dose of medicine, their own medicine back to them, right? But God is never glorified whenever we repay evil for evil. As a matter of fact, listen to what the Bible says that we're to do. Titus 3.2 says, speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Another translation says, showing meekness to all See, I think we have a wrong understanding of what meekness is. I do. Watch this, guys. Meekness is not weakness. You hear me? Actually, it's quite the opposite. Meekness is strength under control. You see, the person who is meek versus someone who's weak is this. A weak person is someone who doesn't have strength. But a meek person is someone who has the strength but chooses to not exercise it. 
And what the world needs more of is not just strong people, but meek people. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say, blessed are the strong, for they shall inherit the earth. No. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, sadly, pride has been redefined in our culture as a, as a virtue. The, the strong, the beautiful, the powerful, the intelligent, the privileged, they take every opportunity to put themselves forward. Politicians manifest pride in their speeches and their debates. Entertainers, they glamorize pride in their movies and in their lifestyles. Sports icons, they, they reinforce pride as the path to greatness. Sadly, the least admired character quality in America is meekness. And yet, the greatest person who ever lived said, learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. Guys, I know that what we're talking about today, it's the exact opposite from the world that we live in and what we, the world teaches. But we are called to live differently than the world. You see, a biblical worldview says, last is first. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Losing is finding. The least is the greatest. And meekness is strength. Guys, let me just close by asking. What do you need to do in order to earn others' respect? What do you need to do? What, what things need to change in your life? The Bible says to despise not the day of small beginnings. In other words, start making steps towards the change that you want to see happen. And eventually, it will happen. Building our lives upon values that last is not a one-time choice, but it is a lifestyle of choices. But it is one that can start, can begin today. Amen. Come on, stand your feet with me if you would. The worship team's going to lead us back into worship here in just a moment. But I just want to ask you guys to just join me in prayer, if you would. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that your word is doing its bidding in our life, God. We thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that you give us everything that we need for a life that will please you. Thank you for the work that you have begun in our lives. God, we thank you that you'll be faithful to complete it. God, cause us to be discerning. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. I pray that we would stand united as a church body. I pray that we would be ever mindful of the task of fulfilling the Great Commission. I pray that we would be known as givers. 
I pray that our light would shine bright through our lives. I pray that your love would fill our hearts in such a way that would point others to you. And above it all, I pray that you would be glorified in everything we say and do. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all the saints of God say, amen. Amen. Amen.